0: Today's scripture comes from the book of Matthew, chapter one, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, Speed of God.
1: Sometimes when I use illustrations, uh, I think to myself, probably shouldn't use that as uh, somebody may take it as encouragement to do the same. But, but just remember when I make an illustration, it doesn't always reflect good life choices. You know, it might have been an earlier time in my life. And so as I started thinking about the Matthew text today, uh, the same thing kept popping into my head, and it was a scene from a movie. Now, remember I said, we don't always make good choices. You probably shouldn't go home and watch it unless you can find the TV edit. But I, I, I remember the movie Animal House. Uh, none, of y'all, none of y'all have watched children. Do not watch that movie. Um, adults, you should probably lay off of it too. But there's a point at the end of the movie when the marching band uh, gets diverted. Any of y'all remember that? As a marching band person myself, this was like a nightmare. They divert the marching band into an alleyway and the, the dumb trombone players don't notice and they just run right into the brick wall and then the tubas run into the brick wall and then the clarinets run into the brick wall and the trumpets and they just, in the movie, they just keep marching into the brick wall. They never stop because the baton is still going. And, and there's, there's mass chaos. There's smoke bombs. The floats are going crazy. Everybody's panicking. And there you have Kevin Bacon's character. Does anybody remember what he says? Don't admit you watched it. But if you remember what he said, it's become a meme, right? So you can pretend like you saw it on Facebook somewhere. But what does he say? He's got his arms out like this, and he keeps saying the same thing as a crowd of panicked people rush at him. What does he say? Remain calm, all is well. Now let's practice that, just so you don't have to go watch the movie. You'll just remember it. What does he say? Arms out. Remain calm. All is well. And he says it over and over. And guess what? The crowd doesn't believe at all that everything is calm and well. Remain calm. All is well. Friends, when you read Matthew, the first chapter, uh, it says that the angel of the Lord came to Joseph. And the first thing out of the angel's mouth was what? Do not fear. In other words, what's the angel saying? "Remain calm, all is well." And Joseph, if, he, if I were Joseph, if I were Joseph, I think the first words out of my mouth would, would be, "No, they're not." It's not calm. All is not well. Not all has been well since I found out that Mary was pregnant. Not all is well now that I'm being disturbed by these angelic figures who are freaking me out. All is not well. And I think if we were honest with ourselves today that most of us would say that this world we live in is not well either that all is not well, that we can't stay calm uh, unless we're oblivious. But most of us are panicked. Most of us are frustrated. Most of us are aggravated. And most of us can't see our way out of this mess. I'm sure Joseph felt the same way. It's the same in in the first century Mediterranean world of which Joseph is a part. They've been occupied by foreign powers for, for centuries. Occupied again and again by monsters who take over their country and rule them with a horrible, uh, oppressive regime. Regimes that stifle and punish. And even though the kingdoms have risen and fallen, time and time again, misery has been the only constant. Misery has been the only constant, and they don't know how they can possibly flourish in the midst of such pain. I don't know that we have it as bad as they had it, but I think a lot of us at any point in our life when things are out of control could say that we don't know how we would flourish in the midst of our misery. We don't know how we could possibly flourish in the midst of our chaos and anxiety? How could we stay calm? How could we not be afraid? How can we handle all of the upheaval that's happening in our lives at any given moment, some of which might possibly be caused by God himself? Mary and Joseph have been turned upside down by God himself. Now, I've often found that when confronted with a crisis or a problem or a lack of control, that the people of God typically respond in in a particular way. And it's not necessarily the Mary and Joseph way. They give us a great example, but we usually do the opposite, right? When we're confronted with a crisis and a problem and a lack of control, what is it? We could do a guessing game. What is the number one response of the people of God when we are confronted with a loss of control or a crisis or a big problem? What's our number one thing we do? I'm going to see if anybody gets point number one. Anybody? If your world is turned upside down, if there's some big cataclysmic event that shakes you to your core when nothing's going right, what's our first response to that? Some questioning would be a good first response, but that's not mine typically. What, what else? We panic. That's a good one too. I like that one. I do that one a lot. I think, but I think maybe it's because I'm a preacher and when things go poorly in the church, the first response of church folk is to what? Complain. Any of y'all been there? Sometimes the why, the, sometimes the why, it, it starts out our Complaining. Why me, Lord? Why this? Why that? Uh, why couldn't it happen like this? I think if I'm Joseph, my first response when the angel says, Oh, what's conceived in Mary is of me. I'd go, What? What do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. Why? There, there were lots of girls and lots of villages and lots of places. Why couldn't you just let my betrothal go on like normal? If we're honest, when things don't go normally, we complain quite heavily, right? We complain. We complain desperately all the time. And the longer we're in our problem, the more we complain. This past week, the bad weather uh, came through. Uh, Y'all are well aware of it. Y'all lived through it just like I did As, as... is I got the notification from pedal Schools. That's where my kids go. Uh, that's where Emily teaches. We got the notification from pedal that they were dismissing early, and Emily got out a lot earlier than Ava did, so I was going to get A. I was supposed to pick her up at 1 o'clock. Any of y'all remember when the bad weather came through? Yeah. So they were dismissing at 1. Early dismissal in the tornado, right? That's how you do it. So I, I... I Ava texts me frantically, they're letting us out early, earlier. And I go, what does that mean? She goes, now, they're letting us out now. And then she sends the question, where are you? I said, well, I work in Hattiesburg. I'm coming over the bridge. To which the messages got more more frantic. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? They're they're telling us we can't stand outside. Where are you? I go, I'm at the red light. And then it started. So she goes, they're taking us. And I go, I'm almost there. Stay there. They're not letting us stay there. They're taking us to the storm shelter. Come to the storm shelter. To which I ask her, where's the storm shelter? She goes, it's in the back of the school. I go, okay. And she goes, you've got to come here. So I'm the only idiot... Driving around the parking lot of the school, looking for a storm shelter. Finally, I just parked, and I I feel like it's the Wizard of Oz. The siren's going off, and I'm walking around, and I look around, and there's nobody else. I fully expected a zombie, like on The Walking Dead, to come strolling out. I felt like the last man on earth. I finally found it, and there's half the school in the storm shelter, and all these teachers and me. And I'm standing there, minding my own business, and I'm thinking to myself, these kids are remarkably well-behaved. They're sitting there, minding their own business. They closed the doors, and the longer we sat, the less well-behaved they became. And And the teachers started going around going, sit down. And they go, all right, and they just wander off. And then they try to stand up and they go, sit down, sit down. And finally, the first warning passed. They opened the doors and I grabbed Ava and I took her and ran from the school. I go, we got to get out of here. And then I found out another one happened on my way home. And they kept those kids for about three hours in that storm shelter. I think it must have been like the Lord of the Flies at the end. I bet they had set fires and they were spray painting the walls and they were doing the West Side Story, snapping and going back and forth. And I just told everybody, I said, I'm glad I got out of there because the complaining must have been tremendous. Friends, we're fine with a little bit of discomfort that doesn't go very long. But when God or or the world, which they're not always the same thing, when God or the world puts us into a place of suffering for a long time, we look at God and all we usually do is whine. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of Mary, don't be afraid. Remain calm. All is well. What is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, even though it is challenging, even though it upends your life, even though it's frustrating, it's of God. Rejoice. Don't complain. So I think first we usually start off with a complain and then, then we move to despair. Then we move to despair. What am I going to do? And it, it tempers our outlook on life. It turns us into somebody that's sullen and cynical, that doesn't ever believe that what is conceived in Mary is going to grow into this redemption for Israel. So we miss the glory of God because we're in a state of despair and disbelief all the time. How many of you uh, are are sports fans? How many of you are Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern fans? Okay, I think I probably got there's some LSU fans probably in here. Y'all aren't who I'm talking to because y'all win occasionally, right? The rest of us, the rest of us have, have long seasons of heartbreak most of the time. Well, uh, I'm also a Braves fan. And last year, not this year, but last year, the Braves started winning at the end and they went to the playoffs And they won the first series of the playoffs. And Ava or Kate Rivers or one of them came up to me and said, I guess you're excited that the Braves are winning. And I looked at her and I said, you know what I said? Don't worry, they'll Braves it in a minute. They'll mess it up in a minute. And then they won the next round. I go, ah, they're going to mess it up. I just keep waiting on the other shoe to drop. And then they got to the World Series. And I said, ah, just wait on it. And when they finally got the last out, I go, well, how are they going to lose now? I think sometimes we get beat up over so long that we forget how to hope. You know, one of these candles represents hope. We've got to keep our hope when all is not well. And what we've got to do instead of despair and instead of complaining, what we'd be better off to do is to cry out to God because we can't do it by ourselves. When we're in trouble, we can't Do it by ourselves. The angel doesn't just say, don't be afraid. What does the angel say? Don't be afraid because what is conceived is of God and God is with you. The Christmas message is, no matter what you're going through, God is there. God still wants to intervene and God wants us to participate. Now his work in Joseph's story is unsettling and disorienting. You may be in for a bumpy ride when you follow after God. You may be in for a bumpy ride. Um, Several years ago, I was interviewing somebody for a job and they they brought it. If you ever want to know how to not interview, this is it. When when you go in for the interview and you're talking to the person trying to hire you and you look at them and you go, now these are my non-starters. And you just start listing a bunch of things you won't do. That's usually not the best way to get hired. A non-starter is something that if it's on the list, I'm not going to do it. Friends, I wonder how many times we look at God with our list of non-starters. Lord, here's what I'm not willing to do for you. But if you just keep it over here, I'll do it. Joseph, it says, is a righteous man. Which means he's done things. But when the angel comes to him. He could go this is a non-starter for me. I can't do this. I won't do this. You shouldn't be asking me to do this. And yet that's exactly what God does. And the scripture tells us over and over. That he was righteous. That he was more interested in God's way. Than his convenience. That he was willing to be unsettled for God. And that he was Willing to let God's message be strange and uneasy to take. Even though he probably wanted to barter and, 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 and make his own plan. He was willing to follow after God's plan. Even though it seemed counterproductive. God gave him a faith challenge. And he'll give us a faith challenge too. What is it that God is going to ask you to do this Christmas season? or in this next year, that's going to make you uncomfortable. Every Bible story where God made a tremendous difference started off the same way. Somebody was unsettled and made uncomfortable so that they would cry out to God for help and God would intervene and use their participation to change the world. So what's the process of world-changing action? What's the process? Because I want you to identify it in your life. And instead of stopping at the first part, I want you to move through it. I want you to push through it. Because here's the biblical process for world change, I think. First of all, you find yourself in trouble. Or the world's in trouble, or those around you are in trouble. And then you cry out for help, and God intervenes, and God alters your trajectory, and God asks you to have some faith. So, where in that process are you? Are you in trouble? We'll move to the next step cry out to God. Are you crying out? then look for God's intervention. Is God intervening? Then look at how God's trying to redirect your life. And then as God tells you how He's about to redirect your life, I want you to have faith that God knows best for you. Everything worth having in this world comes from God and most of it won't make sense at the time. God's intervention rarely makes sense. And we hate that. We hate it. We don't know how to deal with it. It challenges us in unexpected ways. Christmas shows us that even though it doesn't make sense, our God listens and our God is able and our God cares. Uh, because at Christmas, all is not well, but all can be wonder. Friends, all is not well, but all can be wonder. We can stand in amazement at what God is doing and know that for generations, people can see our faithfulness and give thanks. That's what we're doing this morning with Joseph's story. Eugene Peterson says this, once a year, each Christmas, for a few days at least, we and millions of our neighbors turn aside from our preoccupations with life that's been reduced to biology or economics or psychology and joined together in a community of wonder. No longer breaking down everything and simplifying everything to its most reducible parts and trying to explain away everything. Instead, we stand and we stare at a baby who is God with us and we stand and wonder at why God would pick such a strange way to save the world. When you are troubled, God may send a strange way to save your world too, and my world. If we can just stand there and not be afraid. The altar's open this morning. If you've got something you want to pray about, you can come pray up here. If you come up here and pray, we'll pray silently of you. If you need more than that, just let us know. But if you would, uh, we're going to pray and the praise team's going to come back up. But if God's speaking to you, don't don't miss an opportunity to, to pray to Him and to go before Him. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, we are in wonder at Your works. You challenge us and push us, even when things aren't well, to have no fear. Cast out our fear and help us to follow you more closely, and help us to see your intervention in wonderful ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand this morning as we sing?